I was just pulling up my notes on this on this episode because I just jotted down like the man grim basics. I, if any episode deserved notes taken, it would have been this one. Not only because we didn't watch it together, but because holy shit, what a completely kind of derailment <laughs> from there. the norm this episode was. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. an event. It was an weird event. Kind it's of more so than the is. Christmas episode, honestly. Oh, yeah. The Christmas one is pretty generic. This one was like, hey, you motherfuckers want some lore? You, you want to <laughs> ruin your head cannons? Lore? Are we playing Destiny? Uh. <laughs> lore. Is so much lore. <laughs> yeah, absolutely nothing. Good. All uh, I know and all I need to know about that game is that the moon's haunted. <laughs> The moon isn't that haunted. Accurate. Oh, God, where is my shirt? Uh, well, with that, we'll just jump right into it. Oh, God. Welcome, <laughs> welcome back to the Big Bad Beetle Bros. I'm Hello, Cam. Friends. I am Nick. I'm Ryan. And I'm TJ. TJ! <laughs> we have a special guest this episode. Who is he technically our boss? <laughs> <laughs> Technically. Technically. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're no longer only responsible for ourselves anymore. (laughs) We've come so far. (laughs) No, now you have to like maintain some sort of quality. (laughs) Oh Oh, shit. Personal attack. Uh oh. Uh so TJ, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Give your spiel. So I'm TJ Bowser. I am the owner founder of Project Louder, which is a nonprofit podcasting network slash platform we have about 16 podcasts on the network now about 6 million downloads so far this year we are hustling and bustling baby banging and clanging as hulk hogan would say we are moving right along 2020 may suck for you guys but it's damn good for us we have record numbers this year that's probably because everybody's sitting at home listening to our shit it's the best shit go listen to it projectlouder.net uh recruited you guys a couple weeks ago super awesome super uh Welcome addition to the family, and you guys are... The only time I didn't immediately want to punch a recruiter in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. No, I really uh, enjoy your guys' show, and hell, I've been talking about doing a Power Rangers or a Sentai podcast forever, and then you guys, like, show up on my sponsored, and I was like, whoa, someone does Beetleborgs? (laughs) And I was like... Got to get that email. And then I sent one of my boys out to contact you, got that email, and then the rest is history. I think that was how Rick found us, too. He he just came across, whoa! Well, Gabe (laughs) Torres, after our uh, interview with him, he started sharing a bunch of stuff over social media, and then Rick was like, oh, yeah, I remember that quaint little show. (laughs) Uh, Who spent money on advertising? Oh, that was me. (laughs) Yep, uh, that worked. (laughs) Yeah. See, I told you guys. I never talked down on the advertising. I was like, okay. The only disbelief you, I you, had you, was in our you, own like, selves. I, would, I put in a few bucks so we could get us some advertising. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> and we it works. told Kevin you goes, it's like, hey, let us know if you need us to chip in because that can be a bitch. But apparently, like, what, 25 cents goes a long way? <laughs> Kevin's yeah. out there posting billboards on his own. Putting them. Glue up. He's dressed up as a Statue of Liberty <laughs> spinning signs. Yeah. <laughs> My forearms look bigger. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, so you know, shit works. And uh and now we're we're part of a family and uh we've we've got goals and yes trying to 
Cameron, stop. You're scaring me. <laughs> I love that I could hear that through the wall slightly before I could hear him say it. Nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so we've got TJ on today. We watched uh, separately because uh, I'm self-quarantining because I was exposed to a, a, a COVID plague carrier. And, Rest in peace. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, of course, uh, TJ, you're not, not local to us as most people no. aren't. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> but we all sat down and watched uh Phantom of Hillhurst episode 35 of season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, holy shit, this was not the one to not watch together, <laughs> it was definitely uh, the worst one of the last uh, like since the Shadow Borg saga. We should have seen this in person. Oh, yeah, if we were still going to record with TJ here. Uh, it probably would have been a bad idea because we would have had to have paused and rewound about 300 times because it was just Nick and I watching. I had to pause and rewind it a, a few times because yeah. like, what the fuck? This episode is nuts, guys. So much happens. Oh, it's insane. Oh my God. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> it's pure insanity. We yeah. get lore. We get vor. We get people in velour. It's a whole showdown, baby. <laughs> oh, I missed God. the vor. Did you remember that? <laughs> it was, it was anytime Flabber was on screen. Oh, especially when, when the sandwich came out. <laughs> oh, yes, the sandwich. Well, something the producers won't tell you. Billy Forrester wore velour underwear every single day he was on set to get into character. I like to think that that sandwich bit was a John Belushi uh, homage. <laughs> I mean, it, it, very, it has a very real chance of being one, to be honest. I mean, yeah. we got... Oh, I, the uh, there was some really old like fifties movie reference that was in this episode. I meant to write down and I forgot. But most of the episode, <laughs> I don't know when. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I don't know when the first fan. I guess the first fan in the like that 30s. came out in like yeah, because that was that was Lon Chaney Senior, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't he? yeah, like, yeah, one of the OG Phantoms. Uh, um. Impressed well, with myself for remembering I think so. that. Yeah, because even yeah, it was Wolfman's even Lon Chaney Papa. Jr. was in some old movies. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was Wolfman. His dad was. Uh, I was just about to Wolfman, man. Barkow wrote this episode. Oh, Barkow. He I also did not- Curse of oh. Mum's Tomb. Yeah. Oh. Yo ho, Borgs. Bye bye, Frankie. Oh, mommy does Yo ho, Borgs. Yeah, he does thirteen episodes. Some of the yeah. better written episodes, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, or at least like, more interesting. They're like the the themed episodes that, oh, that's that right. not tied to Magnavores. So yeah, uh, the ones that kids shows would typically have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we do have to like give this uh, episode credit because it's a lot of uh, like stuff they actually filmed rather than relying on other footage. Yeah, yeah it was oh, yeah. really American. Yeah, this was a ton of, of U.S. footage, except for the, the jet fight. The Magnavore jet fight was yeah, really was the, the only... I was going to say, it was like 98% American this time. Like, yeah. that, we don't get that often. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that I, I think... And we've talked about this before, especially when we have Griffin on. Stop. That, uh, no. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> is, my, attacking my phone uh, is my cat harassing you right your, now? Your cat's harassing me a that's little bit. That's what I thought. Okay. We've got it under... <laughs> We got the situation under control. Okay, I was gonna say you can you can put him in here if you want. <laughs> He'll just go later. He puts Monty in the Jackbox. <laughs> we've uh, we've talked especially with Griffin about uh, you know some Beetleborgs 
even more so than Power Rangers and, and Masked uh, Rider and VR Troopers sometimes pulled in like so much just purely Saban footage because uh, they had the Hillhurst monsters. And, you know, we opened this episode with Flabber making a giant sandwich and the monster spying on it. And he hears the organ getting played and we get a really cool shot of him like getting pissed at someone else playing like, his he organ. Gets, he gets it so is. upset. We have probably more Flabber special effects per capita. This year, we have had more Flabber effects per capita than probably any other year before. (laughs) And I'd like to say, unlike my predecessor, mission accomplished. Oh, it was really nice. Well, you got to shade at Bush at some point. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. (laughs) I was trying to remember. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's the I, is this literally the Phantom of the Opera? Was that is that uh, the intent? Well, like the Phantom of the Opera didn't have uh, a, a, a deranged um, uh, what's the word disfigured fellow of America uh, <laughs> kidnapping children because he had yeah, some that weird delusions. Yeah. Well, this is like Freddy Krueger meets Phantom. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh God. Oh, in very <laughs> uncomfortable ways. <laughs> wasn't wasn't the original girl that the Phantom of the Opera in like the twenties movie? Wasn't she like eighteen or seventeen or something? Because it was well, the twenties. <laughs> yeah. It's not know, the might, same derailment as a. I haven't seen that movie in years. Definitely, well, probably so wasn't. So the Christine 10. was just Christine, and she was an opera singer that had a beautiful mm-hmm. voice. It wasn't. He okay. was like reminded of some weird childhood fling, where no, he's like, right. "Now I've got to kidnap some kids." Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> this I director uh, plays Prince Gasket and Zio. Oh, cool! Wow, that would have been right about the same time that this. Season was airing, I think. Zio. 96, oh, wow. correct. Yeah, yeah 96, yes. 97. And then he also played the Scug Cowboy in an episode of VR Troopers. <laughs> God. The, the fact that the, it was Aww. the Scugs in VR Troopers and the Scabs in Beetleborgs. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Just, <laughs> I mean, does anything really beat Nazi shocker agents? I mean... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> You just for somehow they just couldn't bring that into uh, into a Saban adaptation. I don't really understand why <laughs> children's it. TV show in the nineties. <laughs> Fight the Nazis, kids! <laughs> I mean, not the worst message to send. No, I mean, I, I, honestly, I, if I were a parent in the nineties, I, mean, I could probably get behind it. I mean, I've got to assume there's at least one person under the age of I don't know, like sixteen, listening to us. And to you, kid, guess what? Punch a Nazi in the face. It's okay. Go for it. Beetle they board. have to be an actual Beetle Nazi, though. Get, get confirmation on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get their papers. They can't just go around. <laughs> get their card. <laughs> you're, like in a, you're like in the store, and you just hear someone say Trump, and you just turn around, you're just like, punch him in the face. What, why'd you punch <laughs> him in the face? <laughs> Ryan told me to on Beetleborgs. Like, <laughs> oh. Oddly enough, Ryan too was the man punched in the face. In He's straight up story. inciting violence right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is still more inciting violence than the protests have caused. <laughs> Sorry, hey, we'll this is now a, a politically charged episode. <laughs> 
goddamn it, Phantom and all your political yeah. nonsense. The Phantom of the Opera and all of its political, or its socioeconomic. <laughs> well, you see, the Phantom represents yeah. the proletariat, and. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, we get like some cool exchanges between uh, Flabber and the Phantom. They've got a history, which kind of, I don't know, it still throws a wrench into my is this, how, how long was Flabber in the organ? Was it, a, yeah, that whole continuity is never going to get fleshed out the way that we want it to. And I think he had to have existed in like phasm form for quite a while before the organ dropped on him because there's just too much history there. Yeah. Having known uh, phantom and he's been over in, in the uh, uh, Paris opera house and apparently it's, it's shut down or burnt down. I think. Is what I think he said it was yeah, destroyed. He said it was burnt down. Yeah. Okay. So he's trying to find a new place. He's going to stay in Hillhurst. And as soon as Flabber says, yeah, he's automatically just covered the place in garbage. Uh, so he's, you know, like 90% of the guys that we went to high school with that asked for a place to crash. Like, <laughs> hey, you also, that, uh, Hey, I was of, one of those. You leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of glossed right over the, uh, first real, uh, I'd say feat of magic we've seen from a secondary character because, uh, uh, the Phantom says, oh, yeah, you still got a nose like a banana. And Flabber goes, yeah, you're right. And then all of a sudden his nose turns into a very large banana. Or penis. And, or penis. Uh, <laughs> or penis. <laughs> well, it was already a penis, actually. I, I think it actually got further away from the phallic imagery. Yeah, the, so the Phantom has his own magical powers and they definitely affect Flabber. So he isn't like yeah, this right. all-powerful being in this situation like he normally is. Yeah, it's, it's really weird to see, because usually we've always assumed that like Flabber is basically omnipotent and just doesn't give a shit and yeah. just lets shit happen. He is the, the Homelander at... Uh... <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if we can Dr. draw Man such Patton parallels. Of this earth. <laughs> but yeah. Uh... <laughs> The rated PG homeland. Yes, the, the non-psychopathic, maybe. Well, well, yes, not go that far. He pulls some shit. So your uh, buddy from high school kidnaps the kid that you're mentoring and then brings him back to your house to marry them. Not shit. gonna lie, uh, might <laughs> kind of lines up. To, might have to have a living room meeting. Uh, discuss boundaries. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, it's it's super concerning yes. that it takes Flabber a while to do anything about the fact that he Phantom automatically. And the Wikia tries to justify this somehow. Oh, uh, no, God, this is no. so strange. So on the Wikia, the synopsis says a Phantom intends to kidnap Joe and make her his bride because her appearance is the exact same as the younger version of his true love. Right. No, you're still kidnapping. Mean, you're still kidnapping a kid to make it. Into so your that child. means his original bride was a kid as well. So he's a yeah. repeat offender. Oh god! <laughs> oh god! 
Did he have to wait? Did he have to register with the state when he came back? To, that's, that, that's, that's that's why he left Paris. <laughs> it's the organ playing. He's like, "What? I played the organ loud as fuck." Is this kind of me saying, "Hey, sexual offender in the neighborhood," right? Playing a pipe organ is the same as yes. Morse, Morse code for "I'm a sex pest" <laughs> through the pipe organ. You see, he Wait, was playing Chofsky's I Like to Diddle Kids in G Minor. It, it, everyone should know G this. Minor. It's a pretty common piece. I thought G Major was that one that sounded all satanic. Uh, no, no, it was definitely in a minor, Nick. <laughs> yeah, oh, he only plays oh, in minors. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Fucking wrecked. Oh, no. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, wow, this episode's at, totally on the rails. God. <laughs> he, he flat out kidnaps Joe, like, as soon as he sees her. And <laughs> she was on her way home to get her, what, uh, geometry or? One of her textbooks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A textbook for school. She goes home to get it. He just pops up in front of her in the street, like. Well, he whispers what? to her from, like, <laughs> yeah. the air first. For yeah, she hears. A little bit. Very creepily, and and he, he he has a cape, right? And yes. so, what does somebody with a cape do when they come across a child that looks like their former crush from I don't know about sixty years ago? Uh, he extends the cape, envelops her. Her legs get sucked in. His legs get sucked in, and they do a magnivore-esque fucking zap out of there, like <laughs> pop in through the chimney just, of Hillhurst. It is quite. <laughs> uh, it is quite the effect. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, we we need an after school special about this, kids. Always travel <laughs> in pairs. G.I. Joe let creepy disfigured men suck you into their cape. To, to not let phantoms abduct you through their cape. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the the, the boys automatically assume that it's the Magnavores as soon as they realize that Joe didn't come back from after school. Well, no, like no, no, no. They go to the pizzeria oh, and they sit right. down at the table. Yep. And the guy who got paid $5 to be on set that day walks up and he goes... Assistant to the cousin of the director. Yes. He comes up and he goes, well, hey, where did the three people who were here before you go? And they're like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, they ordered this like bat wing and nightcrawler pizza, which, excuse (laughs) me, you had had those in stock, my guy? (laughs) No, dude, we just kind of put some gummy worms in some fancy arrangements. I don't know. We thought they were going to pay us. Yeah. Uh, then, your uh, assumption of that being a $5 guy is correct. His name is Mike Welts, and this is his one and only accreditation. Uh, oh, cool. Oh, <laughs> well, I, I'm glad I mean, I'm not going to lie. He really out. did kind of look like he walked out, read a teleprompter, and then walked back off yeah, yeah. camera. <laughs> uh, I, I'm actually just really good at being the head boy or best boy on head set. Boy. I can't do <laughs> anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and so he, he's like, yeah, the guy with the weird flappy head and the one woman or whatever. At least I think she was a woman. She tried to eat with her mouth closed. I'm like, how would that stop you from? Okay, whatever. Well, women uh, <laughs> always know when their mouths are open or closed. You didn't know mm. this, Nick? Ah, well, I mean, I would actually assume that most women probably did know if they were opening or closing their mouth. So I, is this the episode I, I find <laughs> out that most people are aware have of nerves? their mouths either being open? They have nerves in their face. Yeah, kind of. What do you say? Just like Jello put them down there. Uh, and so, like, they look at each other after he says that. They go, 
it's the Magnivores. No wonder she didn't come back. And then immediately rush well, off to find them. They ask him directly. They're like, was there a, what, like, uh, 11 or 12-year-old girl with them? And he's like, I don't know, dude. Could have been. I don't get paid enough to fucking care. <laughs> but he got paid enough to care about, like, <laughs> the Nightcrawler and fucking... Batwing pizza, apparently. He's probably more mad about the fact that they left half of it there and they probably couldn't eat that because, you know, they're not weird monster people. They also, yeah, that's fair. Well, they also jumped out on the bill. Was the thing that he was like, hey, they left without paying. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, if he's not paid enough to care about if there was a child with these monstrosities, I doubt I he really cares about yeah. the money. He's like, hey, this is going to be my dinner. What the fuck? At least pay yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the Magnavores are just like chilling in the desert, like on the outskirts. Yeah, they're taking out by the, the quarry. <laughs> it's by the quarry. It's by the same quarry they always have the fight in, too. Right. Yeah. Of course. The like, quarry. I'm surprised there's not like a, a track on Big Lizard in my backyard called "In the Quarry" for how much <laughs> they're in the fucking quarry. Oh, the dead milkman. <laughs> hey, uh, and Camaro. <laughs> and yeah, they go and they confront the. Uh, uh, magnivores and Drew just like automatically <laughs> attacks just Jara. Jara. He just picks her up. He's like, "What's up, bitch?" Yeah. <laughs> Frieza What's fucking up, with the people before Goku <laughs> got there. Like, yeah. Yeah. do something, monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> We've only got like seventeen more episodes before Namek explodes. <laughs> <laughs> and they just they like. Or holding Jara hostage effectively, and they're like, "Oh, where's this? Where's my sister? Where's my sister?" And they they straight up have no clue. <laughs> no, no, but they are but very confused. Rightfully, they lie, and they're like, "Fine, oh, let Jara go." Down. <laughs> right. We'll tell you where she is. <laughs> like, they don't fucking know, so they just and send the Magnavore typhus. jets out. I yeah. think it was an interesting choice because it was Typhus who chose to lie. So he's like, I don't fucking care. Just stop fucking with us. Like, he's the dumb one. He never makes bold decisions like that. He's just like, you know, the grandma or something. I don't know. I don't actually watch his character. I just make shit up in my head. He's got all the lines in his head. (laughs) (laughs) This is where we get our... uh, our titular Magnavore jet fighter. This is the, the Beetle AV uh, fighter footage. Typhus also summons out of his hand. He straight up does a Gallic gun and just shoots a beam into the sky and Magnavores appear. I don't know yeah. if you, any of you guys caught that, but Nick and I did. This episode's I, special. It's yeah. very special. I, that's why it's like we need way more time to do that. Like, <laughs> we need to get, like, really, like, like prostate exam at 20 because you might have colon cancer kind of deep. Oh, yeah. Didn't mean to get a little know. personal on that one, we, but we, uh, we spend that much time on, on this episode. I think we'd, uh, I don't know. There's some irreparable damage to each of us would come away from <laughs> owning into that amount of detail <laughs> on one episode that didn't even have a monster of the week in it. Yeah, it's it's one of those that falls in line with uh, the uh, technically did have a monster. Isn't the appearance of the phantom himself yeah. instead of the monster? Like yeah. we've had episodes before yeah. where it's just yeah. like Hill, like Quincy Moto. That's the or, most prominent um, example. What was her name? Monsterella. Mon- Monsterella. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Where yeah. we just have like a Hillhurst storyline that the kids are kind of mm-hmm. thrown into, and I guess the Magnavores too. They literally they, they did nothing. Like they were like. 
they hung out this episode. They were chilling in the quarry, and then the <laughs> kids came up and were just like, Man, fuck you guys. Like, what do we do? <laughs> and she's yeah. like, all right, sure. And then all of a sudden just gets yeeted in the sky by a yeah. prepubescent twat. <laughs> yeah, they're just trying to avoid uh, Vexor for the day. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It's their, no, it's their PTO. Vexor them out because he was having one of his Tinder dates over. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> He's actually on the hard rebound from Shadowborg. He's taking it pretty just, rough. Uh, That's why we haven't seen him. He got like gang hugged by the Beetle Brats and then <laughs> totally cucked by Vexor. It's he's going through a time, man. Just let him be. They're they're letting fair. him have his space. Give they him, need give him their some, own time. Yeah, give him some time. The catacombs are only so big. It's not like they're in France. <laughs> uh, the whole time that this <laughs> AV battle is going on. Uh, Flabber is finally confronting uh, the Phantom because the Phantom's been uh-huh. like grooming Joe. Like he's got her under a spell. He's dressed her up like Christine used wasn't to dress it, up with a wig. No, wasn't it right before he kidnapped her that he actually confronted her because he had a heart? It, it was like Helga Bataki in Hey Arnold. He had one of those fucking heart shaped picture frames with Joe's head in it. And yeah. Flabber was like, on the, hey, dude, he was like, what, what the, the hell is this? Are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, have a picture this of a small is really child not okay. <laughs> I know her name. I have seen her every day for the past year or so. She is a child. You are a grown man with magical power. Quote unquote, man. <laughs> he's a yeah. thing. Yeah, he's a phantom. Like, he's a phantom. I mean, yeah. Kudos to Flabber. I, he, not everyone yeah. can be Flabber that wears their cock and balls on their nose so blatantly <laughs> so he can be easily identified. He's no, come on, man. He's no Peter Griffin. Like, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lois. <laughs> my chin. Uh, yeah, like we get like a like a little magic battle kind of because Flabber's like, ah, like, was uh, it's more Phantom of a magic dick measuring contest, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Phantom says a couple different times in this episode, who's going to stop me? And Flabber's like, yeah. oh, I am. And turns him into a candelabra. And that was a pretty good effect. <laughs> Which <laughs> fucking... Frankie. 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 Yeah. Frankenstein's monster. They're surrounded by him at any given <laughs> moment in the entirety the of Hillhurst. There's a candelabra somewhere on a wall. Yep. I'm surprised there wasn't one in the shot of him going, ah! You know? <laughs> Just right behind like, him, a whole torch. <laughs> right? He's. It's. Like, thank you, dude. <laughs> Come maybe, on, man. Maybe <laughs> pass the joint once or twice instead of hitting it every time. I don't know. Like, you, you seem to be a little paranoid here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guard it, bro. There's a, there's a real cool effect when he transforms back from the candelabra and his fingers are the, like, actual candles and they're still on fire they and he blows them out. flame, yeah. Yeah. That was a really cool, neat little after effect. And... Uh, he he says what is like you, you flea bitten ape and yeah. just waves his cape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. Yep. And, and Flabber turns into a, a dude in a gorilla suit. A gorilla. <laughs> and it's Fuck it's yeah. perfect. It's my favorite part of the whole goddamn episode. Oh yeah, so <laughs> good. It my is proxy perfect. also includes the end credit scene. If you yes. guys managed to watch that, TJ, I don't. 
I know you, you've, uh, I know you've watched us before, uh, our <laughs> podcast that you exclusively watch with your eyes. Yes. But yes. <laughs> it's one uh, of the many viewers that we have. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if you knew, but, uh, I had a point to whatever I was saying. The end credit Which scene. is, uh-huh. yeah, we, we always make a point to watch the end credit scene. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, I skipped, uh, I skipped this. <laughs> Oh, buddy. Oh. Yeah, I was helping my kid with homework at the same time, and I was like, I oh, paused it right there, and I was like, You monster. <laughs> How dare you help your child succeed in education? Just for that, we're as going to personally derail this podcast and make it go on as many tangents as possible, so you are late for that Wednesday night wrestling, man. <laughs> he will come across this screen saying, and kick never, your ass himself. I've never felt so more threatened in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight at the Steel Cage Mix, I'm going to show you who the best damn podcast Beetlebro is. What's that? What's on top of the hotel? It's it's the wall. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so when Flabber turns himself back, He's still acting like a gorilla, and he kind of does like a fourth wall break. Looks like he's like talking he to the camera. He does very. Yeah, it's he not does. even because he's done it vaguely before. This yeah. is an explicit fourth wall break oh, yeah. that I am a hundred percent erect for. We were sitting next to each other on the couch, and Ryan was like, "He just broke. He just broke the fourth wall." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he because like he has so many pop culture references that kind of are like little wings to the audiences and stuff like it's a little ferris bueller ever yeah but he doesn't directly say like hey so i'm kind of going crazy because my parents have so much money so i'm gonna skip school for no reason uh (laughs) kind of ferris bueller fourth fourth wall break I'm a figment of my buddy Cameron's imagination. For some <laughs> bad I'm a film fan theory. <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean, anyway, that's, this is our film theory podcast. Yeah, yeah. always. Up next, uh, Matt Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a super clever thing to do, but we just don't see him do it all that often. Not this blatantly, no, anyway. And yeah, this pretty much, I mean, it, do you remember what he says to the audience? No, it says something like he's got to he's got to outsmart that phantom. Yeah, and, and then he, he then he gorillas away. <laughs> he goes right back in. He's he, he you know, pulls a door of the explorer. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and just come on, he walks away. Uh, yeah, because he finishes peeling the banana, eats it, and still goes like. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we cut right back to uh, the AV battle, and it's it's ended. They obliterated the Magnavore jet fighters as always because. But not after Roland uh, did a seven twenty spin murder <laughs> move on one they, of the Magnavore jets. But they don't actually obliterate the Magnavores like usual. That's another thing that sets this episode apart. So oh, yep. they have that battle in the wasteland. Uh, wasteland. Sorry, that's a Dragon Ball Z map. Um, <laughs> Uh, in the quarry, as it were, uh, they do that, which, by the way, I don't know if you guys noticed, whenever Roland does his usual grab and spin of the uh, Magnavore jets, the one he's holding is constantly just firing. Like, he's Frank from It's Always Sunny. So I started blasting. And it's just nothing but fire coming out of him the whole time. I'm surprised it didn't hurt any of the friendlies there, <laughs> but uh, 
No, they chase them somehow. You know how the quarry somehow always miraculously turns into just a jaunt into town? Mm-hmm. Yep. They they do that. They they go down the street, but there aren't any panicking citizens this time. No. They they uh uh yeah. are just yeah, like right. driving down, they stop to to blast them again, like the like the Frank do. <laughs> they start blasting. And one of the magnivores actually just straight up clips like the top off of uh, like a flagpole or something on one of the little oh, arches yeah. on what I can only assume is City Hall. <laughs> they, what they did was worse than 9-11. <laughs> oh, Hank, calm down. Oh. But, <laughs> no, and, but the weird thing is he explodes from it. So it's like, yeah. oh, these kids haven't really been trying to destroy them. It just looks like they're nuking everything from from orbit when, in fact, everything's made out of paper mache. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and dreams. <laughs> well, yeah, they, you know they're out they, of the they comic. Also, they just... apparently they summoned anywhere between four to twelve magnivore jets because they show you varying degrees of them. <laughs> oh yes. So does Flabber save the last two? I have oh. to imagine he is, we're, we're going to find out whenever we get into metallics that he actually has a trust, fu- not a trust fund, uh, <laughs> uh, a charity set up for the poor Magnavore widows. Uh, the widows, yeah. He's probably supporting any and all survivors. Yeah. He's, he's like the a- French farmer in the middle of World War II. Nazis are shooting people down on his farm, and he's like, I don't really care, but you're not the one trying to persecute me and my family. So yeah. here, <laughs> have some fucking milk. French and next thing you know, uh, uh, <laughs> the Hillhurst resistance. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so that- as long as Christoph Waltz doesn't come up, you're fine. Oh! <laughs> Au revoir, Shoshana! <laughs> so the, fucking, the rest of the episode wraps like pretty quick because we go, uh, Flabber pops into, uh, I think it's Roland's uh, Beetle AV screen and says, you gotta get back to Hillers. Yeah. Joe's here. Yep. She's under a spell. And so they head back. You gotta come help. Yeah, and uh, they go in, they stay transformed, which is cool because it's not super often we get to see them in the suits in Hillhurst. Yeah. That's always special. So you were right. You were right, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really even notice it until kind of the end of the scene. He was exactly. like, did they ever transform back? I was like, uh-uh. Literally, yeah, I, I just assumed they were in their child form, you know? Right. And then, like, the like final really part with Flabber and the Beetleborgs, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, so they, they head back, and we get another... Uh, Flabber and the monsters you're oh, talking wait. to, Joe uh, and. Uh, I sorry, I don't mean to interject again, but we also missed the song counter went up whenever oh, yeah, they song, fought song the. Yeah, up, uh, yeah, we did. Uh, Magnavores. Yeah. Song counter went up to thirty nine when the boys. Thirty nine. I was one off. Yep. Uh, so we're yeah, still uh, above Flabber, a one which oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. They're, keeping, they're keeping a good lead on us. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Flabber and the monsters are trying to convince uh, Joe, of course, she's under a spell, and in full Christine outfit now, uh, trying to convince her to stay, to not go traveling with the new opera that uh, the Phantom has made Do not go with the strange undying man across the <laughs> world. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and he pulls another, I'm going to take her and who's going to stop me? And he turns around and it's 
Drew and Roland in full Beetleborg form. You're just like, <laughs> that would be us. Fucker. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're what they call the Baywatch. <laughs> and Hasselhoff's with them. <laughs> Before we even get a fight scene or anything, Flabber's on the staircase. He's like, hang on, hang on, I got this. And he points up to the stairs and just magically, adult Christine is there and in pretty much the same outfit. Uh, and she's just like fine with, I kept waiting for there to be like, oh, she's a, one of the monsters in disguise or a figment oh. that, that Flabber conjured. No, he literally just found Phantom's ex, brought her to Hillhurst. He looked her up in the white I, pages. I, <laughs> I knew it's Cameron. <laughs> I mean, we only had like a minute left in the episode, so I was like, all right. They're yeah. not pulling anything. They're right. trying to wrap things up. I, I know what was padding earlier, and it was probably Jara spinning an extra 10 seconds in the air. <laughs> right. Yeah, and... and they leave to go do the new opera that the Phantom wrote with the original Christine, and yeah, they're she's fine with, cool it. with it. And she, it I, there's really no reason for the Phantom to have worn the mask the entire time because literally nobody has a problem it. with it. You it's not even it. remotely. Quincy Moto didn't even have a mask, <laughs> and he needed it. Like yeah, that's the one thing that was bullying hey, him was that's bullying. Quit body shaming no, Quincy Moto. What the citizens of Hillhurst <laughs> and uh, what was he called? Townsville, uh, Charterville. Charterville. <laughs> what, what they Out. did to him was bullying. What I provided was a solution that was provided in this episode that wasn't provided about twenty episodes ago. Fair. <laughs> he doesn't even wear the mask half the time. Why and, does he yeah. wear no, it? I was to say, he doesn't need it because he doesn't fucking wear it. Yeah, <laughs> wears nobody it cares. I will say, though, I actually do kind of like the mask, though. Yeah, yeah and the mask it. is way cooler. It has a little veil. He's maybe yeah, got, like, that androgyny, like, maybe Prince vibe going on. Yeah, that's pretty much the end of it, because he and, and the real Christine walk out. As they walk out, he waves his cape over Joe. She transforms back into regular Joe. She doesn't have any memory, of course, of what happened. And uh, then we cut to Flabber finally getting to eat his sandwich. Uh <laughs> But yeah, so that's the end of the episode. We get a He's cool so end credit scene with uh, Ape Flabber chasing the monsters around the house. That's a fun original one. We I don't think we've seen the gorilla suit. Flabilla. We all, definitely so. have never Which seen the medical. gorilla suit before. Yeah. Never have said it. So that was fun. Um, we'll just jump right into the rating because I know TJ, you're on, you're on yeah. a deadline. Uh, so yeah, we got DA minutes, minutes until he explodes. <laughs> it's like that SpongeBob episode. We fed him a bomb earlier, and that's yeah. the only reason. That's the only way DJ we can try to meet a time constraint. Us and this brick wall you built. Between us. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, TJ, I'll uh, explain a rating system a little bit. It's super simple. It's uh, one out sure. of or however many out Simple of five flabbers uh we usually tend to contextualize it around previous episodes but it's just as good to wing it uh because really there's no context for this show and <laughs> there's every no episode's. rules here yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's no rules the points are made up all that shit uh <laughs> so end of podcasts i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna give this one a solid three in my opinion just because uh out of five uh, out of five i think it did ooh. well i think it i mean it had a ton of original footage uh, we had some pseudo backstory and lore 
uh, which is always fun. And I really liked the Phantom character. I think the makeup was really good. The actor mm-hmm. really hammed it up, which was fun. It was a good and, play oh, yeah. off of yeah. uh, Flabber. Fair viewers, we will witness what in nature counts as a point of contention between two <laughs> males of the same tribe. Let's see how this plays out. Oh, All right, man. Ryan, David? Ryan, go ahead. <laughs> Mr. Attenborough? Is that you? Well, no, I, I don't. Oh, sir. Oh, fuck. Sir what's Attenborough, it, my bad. What, what's it called whenever you think that the people who are poor or just useless in life should just fucking die or get a... Uh, Eugenics, yeah, eugenics. I no, I'm not a fan of eugenics. Sorry, so I'm not. I love it. We go from talking about a child TV show to eugenics in approximately 10 seconds. Hey, I can Welcome do to the podcast. if you give me the right starter. That's fair. Um, no, it, it, it's, uh, I think you put that oddly low. I was going to uh, say, I was like, I'd say it's a four, personally. I like yeah, it. I like it's more than the average, but it's not the best. So remember, kind viewers, that we are having to reevaluate our system anyway, coming fresh out of the Shadowborn saga, which is <laughs> almost broke a five it out of five. Day one, <laughs> we broke it on the first episode. <laughs> and on the first episode, talked about how we're going to have to come back and fix this. I mean, <laughs> I, I would have wrecked my car if I knew that insurance would have paid for a brand new uh, seven-speed Corvette, you know? That is fair. But, no, but I, th- yeah. I think it's a little low considering we're already reevaluating it. And th- we've already had episodes that I would put way lower than this at like 3.5. Like 3.5 yeah. was our I liked it, but it didn't really do anything great. Yeah. I'd say if four. For me, I would say four. Four. So I'm going to base yeah. my rating off the fact of a filmmaking oh, standpoint. Uh, this so episode curious. was very unique in the, in the fact that they actually had to go out and film it. They uh, was reliant was on American shot. footage. It actually right. took effort on their part to go out and film all these scenes inside the mansion with Flabber and all of them. And I got the, the uh, opportunity to talk to Jeff Burr a couple months ago about him uh, directing Beetleborgs whenever he was and and kind of describing like the sets were like and uh, the way that they're set up and everything and how they would rotate between shots and everything. It's quite interesting. So whenever you put all that into the equation and then factor in that they're not heavily relying on Japanese footage like they are in every single other episode and that this actually has a story and then subplots on top of that and that they're all done miraculously well, I'll give it a four and a half out of five. Ooh. All right. Oh, wow. Okay. That's fair. Somebody hasn't had their fucking bones shook with disappointment from the series yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wait, you've this watched this before, haven't you, TJ? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, I was uh, going to say, so he got his bones not, shook with disappointment that, before. <laughs> I, I believe he's one of the few people we know that actually has listened to us. Yeah. <laughs> I am very fluent in Sentai, Beetleborg, VR Troopers, uh, Rangers, yes. all the good stuff. All the best of television. I was say, he's, well, <laughs> way more versed than me. I'm the uh, quote-unquote everyman guy for the, uh, well, the group. Every podcast needs that, though. Yeah, we yeah. technically <laughs> have two, but Aaron, for some reason, wants to be the Pete best of the Beatles and decides <laughs> not to be the Ringo, you know. He best got kicked out. Aaron decides, like, nah. <laughs> so, also, uh, what do you guys think? Like a solid, a solid four? Since I lowballed and 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 TJ had a 
had high hopes for it. I'd be fine with the four. TJ, Solid you okay four. with that? Dean, now I just yeah. want to put a 3.5 so that we can have like every hit between three and four and a half. <laughs> let's, but, let's spend yeah, 20 I'm minutes cool calculating. All right. the, you guys need to like put up a hoagie and it has to be five pieces and then exactly. it's just flabber. <laughs> And that's your rating. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. If we, man, we sure Damn, dude, I already need to eat dinner. You don't need to be telling me about giant-ass hoagies. I this is four eating. out of five hoagie pieces. Dude, say, I, got a little, I got a little hungry watching the episode. <laughs> right? I'm not going to lie. Uh, TV and movie sandwiches always just look so damn oh delicious. God. They yeah. do. Well, uh, that's the end of the episode. TJ, uh, are you you're out? Yeah? You're I am out. All right. Well, uh, TJ, I'm sure we'll be hearing from you on the podcast I hope your, in the future. Uh, fiance knows that you just came out, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Are you out? <laughs> <laughs> Only with you guys. Uh, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I promise we All won't right, post this on then. the internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you so much for for hanging out with us, TJ. Yeah, man. And, Thanks for inviting me on, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you uh, for allowing me the opportunity to actually talk about this crazy ass TV show. So, oh, yeah, for sure. apparently, we need to give you a lot more time to talk and not tangent on our own dumbasses uh, because <laughs> you, you have plenty of experience, and we really need uh, another expertise that isn't Cameron's or my vague expertise. <laughs> Ryan, who spoiled it for himself online, Cameron, who's watched it, and me, who was like, we're going to do a show on what? Eh, fuck it, sure, I'll join. <laughs> well, I think I'm the only one that kind of has like any insight on the actual filmmaking aspect of the show, rather than... For sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, for sure. I'm a little pissed off with that little... Uh, uh, injection there at the end being like what we got because I'm like fuck you should have been saying like everything the whole time <laughs> you could have been the better me from the start TJ <laughs> uh, but with that yeah thanks again TJ and I've been Cam I have been Nick and I've been a drunken disappointment I'm TJ and we've been and I'm Ryan. <laughs> we've been the big, big bad, bad Beatles. it's always getting worse that's the best part of that outro. yeah no i attempt it to i just slam my hey, head i on my swallow desk the microphone <laughs> a little bit more each time <laughs>